Welcome to Her Take, a podcast by three friends sharing their take on just about anything. I'm Jackie. I'm Jen. And I'm Kira. Thanks for joining us. Let's get into it. Jackie here. Welcome back to another episode of Her Take. This is episode number 80. Uh, It is, that's very exciting. It's hard to kind of comprehend what that means, but I'm, uh, well, I'm also like, I'm a bit dazed by it because in a recurring theme for Her Take, I'm a little hungover this morning. So I'm currently in bed. I haven't done an episode from bed in a while. Uh, because I was like, this is not a professional setup. I need to be focused for the podcast and I can't sit in bed. But this morning, I'm a little hungover. I'm feeling fine though, because even when I'm like drinking, I'm like, oh, I can't because my body is too weak. Um, and uh, I, I, well, we'll see next week how Kira's feeling. Then it'll be an official pattern because um, I think Kira's probably going to be hosting next week, right? Like, it's always what am I host. doing next week? <laughs> I will not yeah, be hungover. You have to think about you have to think of something. <laughs> so, I don't think I'm totally qualified to lead the episode this week, but we're going to power through this and it's going to be a great episode. Uh to start things off, as always, I want to check in with the ladies. So, Kira, tell me how you doing? How you feeling? Good. I'm good. I uh am not hungover. I Good for you. Thank you. I had finals this week, so now I'm done. Which is nice. I'm not oh, totally yeah. relaxed yet. Like, I don't feel done yet, but maybe in a few days. Um, so, yeah, that's been kind of it. That's been my, my week. Happy Earth Day. It was Earth Day last Happy week. Earth Day. Which is, I enjoy Earth Day, but I also think it's kind of funny. It's like International Women's Day. I like, kind of don't love International Women's Day because I'm like, isn't it always Women's Celebrate Day? Celebrate me all the time. Yeah. And it's always Earth Day. But yeah. I understand not everyone feels it's always Women's Day and always Earth Day, so they need yeah, a, a lot of yearly reminder. Um, that's it. That's my week. Wow. That's the when boring you, stuff. Yeah, what, when do you start classes again? For, in a week. In a week. Okay, yeah, so, that's so why, it's not... I'm not, like, totally relaxed either, and I just go back, right back into it, but... Yeah, because you told me, you said, oh, in June I have a week off from classes or something. Right. So I was like, okay, it sounds like she's got, it's starting again soon. It's not that much of a break. In my mind, I thought May, April 23rd and May 3rd were like two weeks apart. So I was like, oh, I have two weeks off. But it's actually like 10 days. But in my mind, I thought I had more time. But just a week. Which is fine. The start of the semester is better than like. Like spring break, yeah. you're kind of in the middle of everything. You're not really you off. Like the start of the semester will be more chill. For. Yeah. So, all good. Oh man, well enjoy your week off. Thanks. I guess. Lots of potato. <laughs> enjoy it while you can. Yeah. Yeah, people are like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "Nothing." Like, are you people doing anything? <laughs> There's nothing to do. Yeah, I guess if you're not fully vaccinated. Yeah. We also like being home, so there's not a whole lot. I enjoy being home. 
Yeah, I, I mean, no, <laughs> I enjoy being home, but yeah, maybe if like the world were different, you could go away yeah. during this time. But it's just kind of a good time to like do other things, life admin things. Exactly, like go to the dentist. Reminder to mm. get your teeth cleaned. Um, you know, other th- I don't I don't know what else you do. <laughs> you should get your nails done. I've been thinking about it. I don't know that I'll go until I'm fully vaccinated, but <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> My nails are pretty bad right now. When is too. your uh, second appointment? In, when? in a week. Is it a? Next oh, Sunday. it is in a week. Okay. Yeah. Oh wow! Exciting. Oh, wait, mine isn't until May 5th, so I still have... Oh, I thought yours was... Shouldn't yours mine... be before mine? Well, so my appointments are a, a full month apart, four wait, weeks. Wait, didn't Walgreens get in trouble for this? They should okay. fix this. All right, so I have no idea, but I the, the reason why I thought I was getting the Moderna vaccine is because I made the two appointments, and they were a month apart from each other. Right. And so I was like, oh, well, that's Moderna because Pfizer is three weeks. So my appointment, if it was following those guidelines, should be this Wednesday. Um, but it's not. So it's the week after. I don't, I didn't know that they got in trouble for this. I heard, I had just heard that places were staggering them a little bit more to make more flexibility for appointments. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they got, I guess it. If they got in trouble for this, this is the first time learning of it. I have uh, no idea. I definitely saw that Walgreens got... I thought that they weren't allowed to do that anymore. I don't know the, like what yeah. difference it makes three to four weeks. Like, I don't, I don't know what problems. I don't know, but Walgreens did get in trouble for it. And they're supposed yeah. to make sure that they're not doing it four weeks apart and they're doing it three weeks apart. Might try and contact them. Then, yeah, see because... if you can like move it up to this week. But I don't know yeah. if... like. Is it going to affect the effectiveness of your second dose? No, I don't know. I think it would just affect the num- like how soon a certain number of people are fully va- mm. fully covered by the vaccine. Do you know what I mean? Then then it's like, okay, all these people got the, the their first doses a month ago. They could have already had the full amount of immunity from the vaccine a week earlier, but now you're pushing that. So, mm-hmm. I mean... Ultimately, I don't know like to what extent that might affect, but I think would just be like, okay, we're trying to get people vaccinated as quickly as possible. And then you're giving people, I don't think it's an unnecessary delay because I think they're pushing it for a reason. They have a lot of appointments, but the system has to, if Walgreens is making, if Walgreens can't handle the number of appointments and they need to limit what they're offering, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I wonder if there's a, I mean, if they're in, I don't want to say incentivized, but if they are motivated to get more people at least out of their first dose. Right, right. Maybe yeah, that that's true. It. This is true. Yeah, I don't know the problem. I just saw that the CDC or somebody was like, Walgreens, you have to stop doing this. But yeah. maybe it's not because you, this was after you made your appointment. So maybe it's like going forward. Yeah. Ugh. I think it's You're okay. I think, you'll, in. I think yeah, you'll be okay. It's fine. It's more you'll just live. like, yeah, I have to wait a whole yeah. month. Yeah. But yeah, mine's on Sunday. Exciting, exciting times. I saw, I think uh, J&J is no longer suspended, which is good. Yeah. I mean, the damage is done. Everyone's now, like, hesitant to get it. So that was not effective. Mm. So not, not thrilled about that. I mean, I can understand 
to an extent why they might want to pause it because it's only six out of like seven million people that had gotten the vaccine that experienced these side effects or that extreme reaction but I think the reaction was so extreme that it warrants some sort of a pause and a reflection and I think we owe it to people to be like hey let's just make sure that this is safe if we're gonna you know what I mean I think I I think think typically like I would be in favor of the due diligence but now I think it has caused a lot of hesitancy when we're already experiencing people not wanting the vaccine and now that's going to affect herd immunity so yeah I mean I don't disagree I think you can also make the argument in the reverse that if they don't do the due diligence and then people start putting things online or reports start coming out that six women experienced strokes and I don't know if any of them passed away. I think one of them might have. And then the FDA doesn't do their due diligence. Then, hey, what is this massive cover up that they're, you know what I mean? So I think you have, there's a, there's a negative way to spin it or not a negative. I think those are I think if the FDA didn't do due diligence, that's a valid criticism. So I think either way, people are going to be dissatisfied. And it's not, it's not, there's no way to do it, I think, perfect. Because like Jen said, like, yeah, I think people are going to be more hesitant now. And I mean, like, that's because of, you know, that's because of the, the due diligence. But, you know, then you need to do that. So... There's no, I don't think there's a perfect solution. Personally, I was like really confused when they put it on pause because it was only six people. Um, Not that that's not horrible. Like it's horrible that it happened to those people, but the percentage is very minimal. I think they put it on pause to make sure the number wasn't larger than six people. Mm -hmm. Um, At the end of the day, if someone's hesitant about getting the vaccine, like they were already hesitant. Um, and maybe this sent them over, but they were already confused about it. The odds of you being the one of the six people are very slim and like everything else you do can kill you. So, and then, and people might be seeking additional excuses. Like if it wasn't the, the J and J pause, they would find something else to, to be an excuse for their hesitancy. Yeah. Misinformation Uh, is wild. Yeah. I think maybe it's because I have a friend who's now, probably not getting the vaccine anytime soon Mm, after the J&J pause. Wow. Yeah, and she's concerned about the long-term side effects. I think it's a valid concern, but are you not concerned about the long-term side effects of COVID? Effects of COVID. Um, I don't don't really – I get being, like, scared about that, but at the same time, I just don't understand why people don't trust scientists. Like, they listen to so many other people, but not scientists. Like, if they're saying, like, it's okay, these are, like, the smartest people in the world. <laughs> I think people like that have a have a distrust of everything on every level that is a government-sanctioned yeah. anything, right? And so you, you can say, like, oh, the CDC or the FDA has checked this or X, Y, and Z scientists or X group checked it. They'll tell you, well, they're all you know, sponsored by the government, they're all state run, they're all funded by the government. And so I don't trust any of them. And so it's not just a matter of, oh, I don't trust scientists. I also don't trust them because of this, this, this and that. And I don't trust the media. You know what I mean? I think that people like that have... um, We're going off on podbacks. 
We are going off on, you know, welcome back to another episode of the pod vaccine <laughs> complaining session where we get to vent about everything. I, I'm, But yeah, I mean, I think that's just like, I mean, well, I don't know, like what else, like what those, you know what I mean? What, <laughs> what, what more do people want? <laughs> like, I don't know what to tell you. It's like you want COVID to go away. You want to live a normal life. Yeah. Here's the solution. Yeah. Oh, Here's the solution. I don't know. What? What? All right, then wear wear a mask forever, whatever. Not whatever. It's not whatever. Um, Get vaccinated, okay? I want life to go back to normal. Get vaccinated or don't leave your house, (laughs) you know? That's the thing. Just want social time. That's what I mean. Like, these people that don't get vaccinated continue to, like, do things that... Yeah. I mean, this, people are doing. This friend of mine yeah. is saying she has to go back to work in June. And I'm like, so you're just not going to be vaccinated when you go back to the office. They're going to let her back into work? I hope not. I really don't. I, I don't think those people should be able to do anything. I'm sorry. I agree. I did. I was reading about the herd immunity and like why it's becoming such a challenge for, um, I think half of Americans are like at least have the first shot and that's a challenge to get the other half um and one of the things it said was employers are hesitant to make the vaccine a requirement because they're struggling to keep employees happy i guess but i just think you shouldn't be allowed to go into work unless you're vaccinated unless you have some medical reason why you can't get vaccinated yeah, I mean, my employer has said that they're not going to require vaccines, but you may not be able to go back to the office if you are refusing to get vaccinated. And then they said they would leave it up to various locations. Now, because I'm based in New York City, I'm hoping that it's the case that they require vaccines. But, you know, if there's a location in Arkansas... Maybe it's the norm there that no one's getting vaccinated. I, yeah, I, um, I feel like I can't fathom office buildings not requiring the vaccine because I don't know to what extent allowing unvaccinated people into offices would be like a liability issue as well. Like if someone gets sick or something or if they come in with, so I, I think that's like a whole um rabbit hole that companies and 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 building owners and everything don't want to deal with i agree so i mean it makes sense to require them and people are getting all up in arms about these vaccine passports and passes you know new york state has their vaccine pass i don't i don't understand like do you want covid like do you want to be around people that could give you covid I don't get it. Like, honestly, these people shouldn't be allowed to do anything and maybe we'll incentivize them to get the vaccine. Yeah. That's also for like, not the only purpose, but like, it's also like to go to a concert, which like is not a human right. We're not talking about like a vaccine passport to like go to the supermarket and line up for food or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm. So I think people blow things out of proportion and don't understand. um, Yeah. But you shouldn't be able to do like all those fun things if you're refusing to get vaccinated. Right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Simple science. Pod anyway. Vax, pod rant. Anyway. Podvax. Um. Yeah, Podvax. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, tune in next week. <laughs> Where we talk about... Stay home, stay safe. <laughs>
Yeah. That's it for us today. Bye. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> um, Jen, how you doing? How's your week been? I have had a good week. I am also fully immune, so no more rolls for me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've had a good week. Like work was pretty chill. Uh, you know, just have had an eventful weekend. Lots of socializing. Beautiful weather. Went to the park on it was Saturday yesterday, and just hung out. And yeah, uh, it's definitely more lively in New York City. So. I've been enjoying it, and yeah, yeah, that's a that's pretty much it. It's just a good week for me. Ah, oh, well, we love it. The weather was absolutely amazing yesterday. It got a little cloudy by the end of the day. At least it did up here. Um, I was in my car at one point, and it was so warm in my car. Plus, like the weather, it felt kind of like summer weather. It was mm. kind of wild. Mm-hmm. I was wearing white pants yesterday, wow. which is always a signal that uh, it's summertime. Because yeah. I don't wear shorts. I've just decided I'm not going to wear shorts anymore. So um, mm. that's as much that's as summer as it'll get. You know, no, I was I just having a, a shorts discussion with our friend because I hate shorts as well. Because yeah, my legs are awful. Yeah, and yeah. it's chafing. Yeah. It's uncomfortable, but I think like the mid thigh length short is in this year, and I think oh I hope I so. might try that out. I love like the paper bag shorts because they're usually a little bit longer and are a little bit more flattering. But like booty shorts, I can't do that. Oh, I've oh, never no, been able I, to do oh, that. I, first I, of I all, I could never. My butt yeah. not made for it. No. Second of all, just like inappropriate for me to be wearing shorts that short. You know, yeah. <laughs> like for, it doesn't yeah. work for my body. Um, the only shorts I have, actually, I do have a pair of shorts, but they almost look like a skirt because they're so flowy. Mm-hmm. That's, oh, it's very comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I like the flowy I think, shorts. Yeah. I think, though, I do want to make like gym shorts or like exercise shorts that are like kind of loose baggy. Mm. Like I want to make that a little bit like my summer wardrobe kind of thing. I just like want to be like casual, fun girl who's like wearing gym shorts, you know, like athleisure, but make it summer. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So I think I'm going to try and do that this summer. Do it. Yeah. Oh, my God. I can't believe we have to shave our legs soon. I was just thinking that. I was at the park yesterday with our friends and I was wearing, you know, uh, cropped jeans and I was like, oh, I probably should have shaved this. (laughs) Yeah, mine's bad. (laughs) Yeah, I finally shaved this week after maybe like a month and a half. It was wild. It's time. uh, That'll be one of my week off projects is like work through (laughs) the leg hair. Yeah. I tried to wax but i was like this Ouch. is not a good idea no. does that hurt it it yeah i did like one little section of my leg just to test and i was like this is too Ugh. much I, it was actually sugaring but it's still painful oh dbt is sugaring i forgot yeah. you like spoke about it and then never brought it up again I guess oh my god go should i talk about, yeah, it? talk about it it's great i love sugaring oh, my okay. underarms it's fantastic i'm really good at it now the first time i did it i like it took me two hours to remove 30% of my arm hair because Two I was doing hours? it wrong. Wow. It, I just was doing it wrong and it was like a lot of trial error and I was like pulling so much that I burst like the blood vessels <gasps> at the like at the skin like the skin level yeah. right underneath my skin and I was like it looked it was gnarly is the only way to describe it um, and I didn't even pull the hair off and now I could do it in five minutes so wow. much has been improved I figured out how to do it properly um 
Yeah. I'm going to so. need you to do like a sugaring tutorial. Oh, hell yeah. yeah I'm like, can sugaring you with Jackie. Let's all go get sugared. I'll, honestly, I was like, I think I would be even better because to sugar somebody else yeah. because you have to kind of pull the skin a little tight to get it like, because so obviously like your underarm. Yeah. Your underarm has little folds, like has little like, like little wrinkles, like where the skin, you know, folds and you really needed to to pull the skin so that it's very like not super taut but it needs to be smooth because if not then you're not going to pull those hairs that live in like the folds of the skin that's a really nice image um and so i think doing it on someone else would Mm -hmm. be just oh it's so satisfying do you like it it better than shaving like does it yeah last longer yeah it it definitely does yeah so interesting yeah I just love being so smooth right there. Mm. It's great. We love it. So shiny. Highly recommend. Yeah. We love a hairless woman. <laughs> we do. <laughs> we stand an underarm. Look, rock your underarm hair if you want to, but I For don't sure. want to. So I stand a hairless queen, which is me. Mm-hmm. I stand myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well. Anyway, I got uh, another story to share as well, besides the sugaring, if mm. I if I may. Oh, please. You may. Um, yeah. So, well, yesterday, this was like the only thing that happened to me this week. Yesterday, which was Saturday, I was in the kitchen. I had just come from outside. I was My mom was in the kitchen. And then I was walking into the kitchen. And oh, we no. look outside the window. And we see this dog running in front of our house. It's in the on the street, though. No leash. No one's behind the dog. And it's... I don't actually know like what breed. I don't know. It was like, it looked like a husky, but it was all white. I've seen this dog and I know where the dog lives. It's huge. This dog must weigh 120 pounds. It's a big dog. And there was no one behind it. So it was, it was like, um, I don't know what came over me. I just quickly put my shoes on, grabbed my mask. I ran out the front door and I had to stop the traffic and I called the dog over to me. Luckily, thank God, the dog actually came up to me and it had a harness on. So I stuck my like hand underneath the harness to grab onto the dog and this dog's pulling me so strong. And my mom came outside and she gave me one of Skipper's leashes and I clipped it onto the harness and I took the dog back to, back to its house. And this dog almost knocked me to the ground. It was so strong when it was pulling me. And I get to their house and I ring on the doorbell and the guy can see me. He's coming down the stairs and there's like a glass like window. So he sees the dog. He's so confused. And I was like, hi, is this your dog? And he was like, yes. And I told them, I said, I just found your dog running down the street. And they had no idea that the dog had escaped. So it was wild. They were so happy that I brought the dog back and they couldn't believe that the dog escaped. It all happened in two minutes, and I was sweating. My heart was racing. My palms were sweaty, and I returned the dog safely, and they were very grateful, and they didn't even know that their dog escaped. So this is just a reminder to, you know, check your fences, make sure the dog doesn't hop over it. I don't know, but it was wild. It was the most exhilarating moment of my life. I didn't think the dog would actually come up to me because when Lola was a puppy, she used to escape. She, she was a door darter, so we'd open the door to come into the house, and she would just run. And we'd spend an hour chasing after this dog. I think it's actually harder so probably small. with a small dog. Yeah, it's I think it's harder with a small dog. 
because um, it's a big dog, you can kind of <laughs> you kind of latch on mm-hmm. or something. Um, but small dogs just have this. They're like. I, I, I can't explain it. They're just agile. It's like trying to catch a deer. You know what I mean? Like impossible. You can't. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, that was a weird like comparison, but I, I compare it to that. Um, and I brought the dog back and I just feel like really proud of myself. So I just wanted to share. What a hero. What uh, a hero. I felt like an animal whisperer. I was like, come here, boy. And the dog actually came up to me. I was <laughs> like, I'm fucking Caesar Milan. Okay. Oh my God. TBT. Yeah. TBT. So that's like the most exciting thing that's happened to me ever, probably. <laughs> ever? I think Nothing ever. else. Jen, my heart was racing. I was, I felt so nervous. I was like, oh my God, this dog. I was so, I don't know. I can't even describe the feeling. Exhilarating. This is a very big deal about something that happened in like three minutes and I made it a long story, but, um, just call me the dog whisperer now. That's how I'd like to be referred to as. Jackie, sugaring queen, dog whisperer. Yes, dog whisperer. Thank Hairless you. Thank queen. You. Hairless yes. queen. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think that pretty much wraps up for our check-ins. Um, a lot of crazy stuff going on. But I think before we get into our main topic, we did want to talk about Um, some big news that's been going on. Um, Last week, um, the, it was announced that the jury had come to a verdict in the trial of Derek Chauvin for the murder of George Floyd. And as we all know, um, Derek Chauvin was found guilty on all three charges um, for the murder of George Floyd, which was really, really great news. Um, Obviously, it's bittersweet because George Floyd is gone and he can never come back and so real justice can't ever be achieved but it was I think a really great moment for the nation but for his family as well that got to see that some accountability is going to be taken for his death um and I guess I would just like to ask you both um you know I was watching this live I was very nervous I guess I'm wondering did you think did you know, did you have a good idea of maybe what the verdict might be? Did you think he was going to be found guilty? And just generally your thoughts. Um, I mean, I wasn't watching the trial that closely just because it was happening during the work day and whatever. Yeah. Um, from what I had heard, it seemed like the evidence was pretty damning to me. So I would have been surprised had he not been found guilty, but... At the same time, we can never be sure because we know in the past um, officers have not been held accountable for their actions. So, um, you know, I was really unsure, to be honest, Um, but I am happy to see that he's being held accountable. But, um, you know, a lot of us have been saying, like you said, Jackie, um, you know, real justice is when this doesn't happen in the first place. And we're just hopeful that this sets a precedent that, you know, as other officers get tried for similar incidents, um, that maybe this can set a precedent. It feels like a turning point, and I hope it is, but, you know, we, it's hard not to be cynical about it, given how horribly this country has handled it in the past. Yeah, I found the witness testimony particularly impactful. And so I kind of felt 
how could they not convict him? But like you both said, you can never tell in this country. Sorry, the doorbell just rang. Uh, you can never tell in this country, so I wasn't super confident. It also, the uh, verdict came sooner than expected, so I yeah. was a bit surprised by that. Um, yeah, in general, I just, I agree that, to be honest, the past few weeks, I feel like there have been a lot of shootings, and it's been tough to read the news so I don't totally feel like this was a big win in any way I just feel like okay one down (laughs) a lot more to go yeah um I'm glad that he's being held accountable because it was blatant murder um but it just there's a lot more to go in this uh in rectifying this racism systemic racism issue in this country so Definitely pleased about it, and I think his family was happy about it, but in general, it's still very upsetting, so. Yeah. I, um, I, when I heard that they only deliberated for 10 hours, like, when the verdict came back so quickly, I was like, oh, well, maybe that's good, but I don't know, maybe it's bad, right? Like, if they found him not guilty, that could also happen really quick. Um, I think I was hope I was definitely obviously hopeful that it would be a guilty verdict, but I wasn't convinced until I heard it. I was like, it might, he might, he might walk. Who knows? Um, I think a lot has changed in the country since then. But I was like, the officers who beat Rodney King were all found not guilty, um, and so it's like, I mean, who's to say that it won't happen here? Um, yeah, I I was. Uh, so I mean I was I was surprised in a way I think when I heard the guilty verdict so I guess I wasn't I wasn't totally convinced um but you know I mean I think we still have to wait and hear what his sentencing will be because I think that's also going to be a real testament to the actual accountability if he's only going to get a couple of years I don't think he will I think he's going to get a fairly I, I think it will not be a light sentence, um, but I mean, that's also going to be a test to see how far we've actually come and, and what accountability might actually look like for police, um, because that has been the thing where like, okay, people are found guilty of crime, so then they only serve, you know, a couple of months or whatever, a couple of years, and that's, you know, n- nothing is going to equate the life that was lost, but it's not really proportional to like what actually happened. Um so we're hopeful. Um, there's still a lot left to be done. The officers who killed Breonna Taylor uh, are have not been charged. They, they may never. Um, and that's not right. So there is still a lot left to be done. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, we just wanted to touch on that. I think that's just been really um, weighing on our minds. And we've been thinking about that a lot. So I don't think we wanted to really continue the episode without, you know, just acknowledging that and talking about that a little bit. Um, but we kind of, what we want to talk about this week is discussing what some of our short-term goals are and sort of what we mean by that is discussing where we see ourselves and what we want to achieve in the next year to three years, maybe even five years. If anyone has a five-year plan, I don't. Um, and I think, I mean, we talk about this a lot, but I feel like we're in such a transition stage. Kira starting, has started her 
has completed her first semester of her post-bac program. I'm going to be starting grad school in a couple of months. Jen has just moved into her apartment and is living this independent woman lifestyle in New York City, being fabulous. And I just feel like it's been a real time of transition. I feel like the whole time we've been doing the podcast, we've all been doing things and changing up, you know, sort of our our career paths and our goals and things like that. Uh, But with that, we want to talk about where we see ourselves in a year, um, maybe what our goals are academically or professionally or personally, if we have any ideas. Um, and then maybe, I don't know, if you feel like there's something that you might want to change about yourself or you want to do things differently. I think a year in a pandemic, spending a lot of time at home has given us a lot of time for reflection. And I definitely have things that I want to change about myself or do differently. Um, so if Kira, Jen, one of you want to start and kick things off. I don't really like make a ton of plans anymore. Like I have a vision of how I would like to be, but I don't have like a specific plan. Honestly, a year from now, I don't expect my life to be all that different. Like a year from now, I'll be finishing up my post-bac program. So I'm sure I'll still be home and just doing school. Five years from now is a little different. I hope I'm in med school. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of hard because if anything, like this year taught us, you can't really make plans. So I don't have any sort of firm plans my goal is always just to like keep getting happier and Mm, that I like that is just how I envision my life is just still being happy yeah I think that's an important point because I think we define ourselves often by the big moments so Mm. starting school moving the moving into the apartment and those are important but that's not if you define yourself by waiting for those things to happen and for those you know check marks those boxes to be checked um you can often lose sight of what's going on in the moment and how you feel in the moment and so yeah just trying to achieve happiness and making sure that you're happy making sure that you're content with yourself and you feel like you're fulfilled in the moment that's really it i so i like what you said i agree with that thanks yeah yeah I think also another important point is, you know, from birth to 22, you know, life had a very linear, I guess, plan laid out for all of us, Mm, given that we all went to college. And now in this post-grad world, you could do anything and it's not as well defined for what your future is. Um, Both of you are, well, Jackie is going back to school, Kira is in school, but even those decisions are not well defined. And so it's hard to really know what your life is going to hold in one to three years. Like you may decide to go back to school. You may decide to pursue a different career path, et cetera. So um, you may decide to move to a completely different city. So I think it's hard to know exactly how your life is going to turn out. And that's kind of the beauty of it. And that's, I've never been somebody that like, plans exactly, you know, my five-year plan, etc. But I sort of have a vision of how I want to live my life as a young adult. Like, 
I don't take life too seriously. I like to have fun. Those are things that I prioritize. And, you know, I also want to build my career. So knowing all those things, you know, what do I need to do to build my career to have fun, etc. So, you know, for me, it's all about like making new friends. Like I'm in the city now. I'm definitely like trying to explore more, like have new experiences, meet new people, etc. Like step out of my comfort zone a little bit. And then for my career, I mean, now I'm kind of contemplating if next year I should pursue an MBA, if it's really worth it, it's really expensive, do I need to do that, Mm -hmm. etc. So those are kind of all things that are weighing on me when I think about my future. But I'm also just kind of doing me right now, enjoying life. We're young, I'm 25, doesn't need to be all planned. And I think that when I do have plans, that's kind of when I stress out more. Mm. Yeah, I um, I think, well, in a year, I just see myself in school. And so I think like Kira, I don't think things will change all that much. Um, I mean, but I think in, when I think about where I want to be in three years or when I'm done with school is I want to be in like something stable, something in a, in a career, in a position that's stable and I feel secure and I'm able to start, you know, building, you know, like my savings and things like that. And so I think about where I want to be financially. Um, I, cause I think my like big eventual life goals is like owning a home or doing something like that. That to me is like really important and something that I want to do in a couple of years. Um, I don't know like how feasible that's going to be because I'm just, you know, an independent woman. Um, but I think making sure that I'm content, like I think like Jen said, like I have those like certain goals and I just want to be doing something that will, that is going to allow me to fulfill those personal things that I want to do. Like not for, not for everyone, like certainly not everyone's like thinking about like, oh, like owning a home. But for me, for whatever reason, I just feel like that's so important to what I want to do. And for me feeling like secure and stable and feel like I have something that I'm like really proud of. Um, and so I want to make sure that like in my career path that I can be able to manage that because that's just like a big personal goal that I want to do and like, like much further down the road. Um, and so I think, yeah, making sure that I like, am like happy and secure in like what I'm doing. That's such a big goal. And I think in three years I'll be done with school by then. Thank God. Wow, three years from now sounds great, honestly. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, I think I just am excited to, yeah, to feel like um, I'm doing things. I want to feel like a mover and a shaker, you know what I mean? Um, so I think like my, yeah, so I think like my, I don't think I've, I've really looked, be, I've thought much beyond like after grad school. I think I'm like, okay, have like this singular goal, this singular thing that I want to do. And that's finish grad school, do it well, and do it successfully. Um, and then beyond that, it's like whatever is going to happen is going to happen. But I have like those big long-term goals that I hope to fulfill. And so I would just want to make sure that I'm doing things that's going to take me in that direction. Um, I feel that. That's yeah. a good yeah. way to put it. Like there's something that you're working on right now. Um, yeah. And that's just what you're focused on. And then you yeah. can think, okay, the next step. Yeah. Um, right. I relate. I think. 
yeah, I, I think also, though, during the pandemic, I've sort of been thinking about, like, how I want to change a little bit in a year is I think I just want to be, like, more focused is, like, something that I feel like I'm not really focused always. And I think it's, like, going to be important for school. But I think also, like, I have a really terrible habit of, like, picking up hobbies and then stopping them and picking up hobbies and stopping them. And I, I hate that about myself. But I like, for example, I was like, mm, I want to sew. Mm, I never learned how to sew. Or mm, I want to learn how to play the piano. And then I started and then I stopped. And I did all of these other things. Or like, I've had crochet needles for 10 years that I've been meaning to teach myself how to do. And I've never done it. And I really hate that habit about myself. But it's such a terrible habit that I'm, I, I just can't quit at the moment. Huh. I, I can't quit that <laughs> habit, but I quit everything else. So I think it's something that I'm thinking about too, like, personally just like as a me thing I feel like I want to learn how to be more focused um and like more dedicated and determined for like just like random shit that I do not just like school or like those big life things like small things that like if I could like manage to like finish reading a book or manage to teach myself how to do something I think I'd feel a little bit better about like myself in terms of like, oh, do I, I do I feel like I'm productive or I do things that are like, I don't have any hobbies. Like I don't have like little side things that I do. So I want to try and like do that to feel like I can actually like commit and like complete something. Because um, I'm just terrible at everything. I'm, ter- That's I'm not, not terrible true. at everything, but I'm terrible at, I'm terrible at sticking to things, yeah. certain things. I, yeah. I see what you mean. Actually, quick tangent, I remember reading an article not too long ago about how millennials and Gen Zers don't have hobbies. It's like not a thing. And I think about it, like I don't have hobbies. That's at, that's like what me. do I do? That's, that's, that was written for me. Yeah. I don't do anything. I don't just do anything. Like social hobbies. media and the internet and we just watch yeah. things. TV. Yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. I don't have yeah. hobbies either. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, look, okay, let's be real. In the 1950s, people, you know, had hobbies because there was entertainment there was, was awful. Yeah. There was something else yeah. to do. Like They were bored. You know what I mean? Or like in 1840, you know, once it got dark out, it was like, forget it. So that's why they like read books to each other and they played chess. There was nothing fun to do. You bet it, if they had Netflix in 1840, they would have been all about right. that. They would have been, you know what I mean? So I don't think it's like... I don't think it's, like, an us problem, I think, or I guess it is an us problem, but you know what I mean? I think we have this, like, plethora of entertainment, and obviously, we're going to take advantage of it and enjoy it. Um, But, yeah, so, like, we don't do, people don't have those kinds of hobbies, like, you know, uh, what do they call it? Like, wood fiddling, or, um, you know, when you make little wood carvings? (laughs) Yeah, whittling. We don't have hobbies like that because we don't need to have them, thank God. That was on my Christmas list. I wanted to whittle a spoon. I don't know why. How cute! Oh my God. (laughs) I don't know why, but I was like, I just have an urge to whittle. I've never had an urge to whittle. I don't know why. I didn't get it. I never got that gift, but... Oh my God. Yeah, I think because your parents were like... My mom was like, what? (laughs) Just want to whittle my own spoon. I do have a vision of myself in the near distant future, like living alone with some cats, and I'm so mm. excited. I can't relate. <laughs> I don't like cats, so I really can't relate. I, I don't know. That's not true. Cats are the perfect like cats. pet to like leave alone. 
You know, I, I don't want to be home all the That's time. True. So They're a good pet to have in your yeah. young adult life. Like I, I certainly love having my roommate's dog, but it's nice that I don't have that responsibility. You don't have to yeah. take them on a walk. They go to the bathroom themselves. Yeah. I think for me, it's more, I want to travel and I want to like be able to do things and not worry about like That's another true. creature and having to yeah. take care of them. Yeah. Well, yeah, I agree. I think another life goal of mine is given that we haven't had the opportunity to travel in the past year and a half. Mm. I am trying to travel like a lot going forward. I don't have kids. I have money. I have time off. I'm trying to travel. We love it. Yeah. Trying to see yeah, the Yeah, I guess my life goal, yeah, I guess like my short-term life goal within the next three years is to finally go to Mexico City. We already talked yes. about this before. But I'm like, oh, I got to do it. I got to go. So. Got to go. Got to, got to do it. I'll come with you. <laughs> if you don't have anyone to go with. Party, party, I'm party. I'm like, I was telling our other friend, well, if anybody ever needs a travel buddy, I'm pretty much always down. Um, I am trying to go to new places, um, not places I've already been to, but I am a Sagittarius at heart, and my life goal is, like, see the world, travel, learn new things. So Mm. now's the time to do it when I don't have other people to be responsible for, so. Yeah. Mm. I agree. My goal is to go everywhere. (laughs) Yeah. See it all. Yeah, that's always a fantasy. And then as we get older, I realize how hard that actually is. Like when I was younger, I was like, I'm just going to travel everywhere. And then as you get older, you realize that it is. You can still do it. It's just harder than you imagine when you were younger. Yeah. Because you do have like things. I feel like the people that are like, oh, you can travel the world. I'm like, they never have like real jobs. And I'm like, or they're like, "Um, I travel 50 weeks out of the year and they don't have like real jobs or they're like travel photographers or something like that and I'm like I can't oh you know what I've thought about too do you remember New York Times I guess they didn't do it in 2020 or like starting this year because of the pandemic um but they used to pick someone for like the travel section they used to pick like a random person who would apply or it to 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 visit like the New York Times top 52 destinations like and this person would be traveling to all 52 destinations within one year on their own and they would have to submit a column for every location and they would just talk about like the absolute like exhaustion and like the mental stress oh my god like having to do all of these locations and this constant travel and i'm like wow it's just like wild that like what like you th- in your head you're like wow that's awesome 52 places in a yeah. year 52 countries cities whatever and then <laughs> it'd be like week 10 and they're like i don't know <laughs> i don't know what i'm doing yeah i that mean was, uh... this is obviously not completely comparable but when i was studying abroad and i'm sure you did the same thing Jackie and Kira but when you're studying abroad you're traveling a lot especially in Europe it's like so easy to travel and, you know, if I were to go somewhere for a long weekend, that was perfect. But if I started, like, doing back-to-back um, trips, I would feel exhausted by the end of it. And I almost feel like you don't – you're just kind of 
going through the motions and doing autopilot and you don't totally get to immerse yourself where you are. So yeah, it's definitely, I definitely understand that. Um, yeah. Cause I remember I did like, uh, I did like Belgium, Amsterdam, Switzerland, Florence. I visited you Jackie and like Venice, like all of that was like back to back to back. Um, Oh, and I did, like, Spain and Barcelona. Like, both of those trips were, like, two back-to-back trips. And I remember being exhausted by the end of it and just wanting to go home. So, mm. I cause When we were studying abroad, my roommates and I, we were talking about this in the sense that when people post pictures of their study abroad trips and they always look good and they were really pretty and had cute outfits, and we were always, like, we're disgusting. Like, our clothes smell bad because mm-hmm. you can only pack so much and we haven't done laundry. Like, we're wearing the same thing every day. We don't look cute. Like, who are, is posting these photos where you look so great? Meanwhile, we're, like, slept on a train last night traveling from one country to another and are nasty. You did not look nasty in your study abroad pics, so. <laughs> well, I wouldn't post one where I looked nasty, but yeah. <laughs> Anyway, that was a bit of a tangent, but... Yeah, no, I get that. I purposely pretty much stayed in Italy most of the time because I was like, well, there's a lot to see here. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm tired. Like, I don't want to yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. I just, like, want to take a train somewhere. I can't, I can't, I can't book a flight to... My roommate, one of my sweet mates, went to Iceland for, like, two weeks. I was like, I can't. That's <laughs> Girl, hard, too. She, like... Yeah. She, like... She, like, faked, like, I don't know, some crazy, like, excuse to get out of classes for that long because we did not have two weeks off. Wow. Uh, it was wild, but, I mean, that's, like, a whole separate thing, but I was just, like, that just seems like a lot. Um, also, maybe, like, go to Iceland another time, not when you're in Italy. Like, I don't know, it's, like, that's, like, a whole vacation, do you know what I mean? I was, like, just go to Iceland, like, in the summer, like, we're not gonna now. Um, fine. I also just want to plug that Iceland is on my short list of places I would like to visit soon. Well, I think this is actually a really interesting discussion. And I'm, you know what, in three years, let's come back and check out this episode and listen to it and see what we did. And uh, then we can compare ourselves to our past Have selves. Have I been to Iceland? That. Yes or no? <laughs> yeah. That's my measure of success. We'll, we'll find out soon enough, hopefully. Um, all right. Well, we got some juicy hot takes this week. And Kira, do you want to start us off? Yes. Kira had I a hot take talk. first. I do have a hot take. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Came, arrived with myself. Um, I want to talk about Demi Lovato and her Froyo rant, which it's a bit of a complicated discussion, to be honest. Um, but if you don't know, this past week... 
Demi Lovato went to a froyo place called The Big Chill in LA. And I guess there were some signs about sugar-free cookies or sugar-free froyo, whatever it was. Um, and she felt it triggered her eating disorder. She has been very vocal about her eating disorder in the past and her eating issues. Um, and so she tweeted about it. In a very, like... She put it on her Insta story, I think. Put it on her... I think she tweeted and put it on her Instagram story. There was, like, a whole thing. Multi-platform She called out the store. This is, like, a small business, locally owned... Independently owned. shop in LA. And she just put them on blast for their... uh, What she felt was, like, diet culture vultures, I think she used. Um, Yeah. It's complicated because... I completely understand that, to me, sugar-free is not triggering, but I understand why that might be triggering to her. In my point of view, she put herself in that position. Like, she went to a Froyo shop. Um, That is not, like, a health food store. That is a Froyo shop. Um, So she put herself in that position. I think she reacted emotionally and should have not gone to the phone right away and just taken a moment before broadcasting it to her however million followers she has. Um, Because I don't think it's fair to have put that small business on blast in that way. For, For someone who does not eat dairy, the idea that there is a vegan Froyo shop is amazing to me because there are not many vegan Froyo options. Um, I love the idea of sugar-free too. Um, So I'm all about this place. If I lived in LA, I'd be going there ASAP because I think it's great. I understand there's a lot of work to be done in terms of diet culture and poor marketing. I don't think Demi Lovato needs to attack this one store. I don't think it's their fault. Um, I don't know your guys' take on it. I think Demi messed up, but I definitely feel bad for her. Her then eight and a half minute rant apology was almost more embarrassing to me too. Because I was like, why? Like, this is your apology video. You could have even calmed down a little more too. (laughs) It almost like made it worse that she went on this rant to apologize. Um, Yeah. I am hearing about this for the first time. Um, Oh, good for you, Jen. Yeah. This just sounds overdramatic to me. Like, sorry, it's not sorry. It's definitely blown out of proportion. Like, I just think it's interesting from the discussion of diet, food, and marketing yeah. and whatnot. Yeah, it's yeah. obviously... I mean, Go ahead. I, I was just wanted to read, like, part of what you put on Instagram. Well, she said, finding it extremely hard to order Froyo from this place, and she tagged them, when you have to walk past tons of sugar-free cookies, other diet foods, before you get to the counter, do better, please. And then in the next one, she says, so I think I'm going to have to make that hashtag a thing. I will be calling harmful messaging. I guess she meant calling out. I will be calling out harmful messaging from brands or companies that perpetuate a society that only enables, that not only enables, but praises disordered eating, which they're like a Froyo shop. They're not like a brand or a company. It's not mm-hmm. like she fucking called out Kellogg's. I uh, I didn't mean to like cut you off, Jen, but I just think it's like such bullshit. Like 
for her to call out like an independently owned a small business in the middle of a pandemic pandemic. when we're like shop local and she is like "Mm, you know what today is the day to call out this small business i have 102 million instagram followers this is a great idea you know if she wants to call out kellogg's or she wants to call out jenny craig i don't give a shit i really don't but this is a small business and this is this is just arrogance this is like an air of of presumption that i am the voice for this and i'm gonna put this on my instagram because it bothers me like no like I okay I already found her annoying like I don't know why I can't explain why I find Emily Votto annoying it's not fair but I never cared for her much like oh this is just the icing on the cake I'm like this is so irritating yeah Um, if you have 102 million Instagram followers you gotta take a beat before posting anything the the repercussions and I think like what she did makes it like I get like I understand like I, I feel some compassion because I'm a human that she felt a certain way but i find it really hard to feel bad for her that she felt a certain way when this is the reaction it's like not not okay yeah it's not cool i i also well i need to preface this by saying like i don't have an eating disorder i've never had an eating disorder thank god so i don't understand totally where she's coming from so i don't understand like how this is triggering so i get that my perception is There's a lot of other more harmful things being put out there that could trigger disordered eating. Things like Jenny Craig, like you were saying, Jackie, or, you know, just images of women who are super, super skinny, or even like the Kardashians who obviously augment their body in a way that is not realistic. Like, that's the sort of thing that I think triggers disordered eating. And I think having a sugar-free option at a Froyo, like, small business is like the very minuscule uh, thing that could contribute to that. Again, I I don't have an eating disorder and haven't, so I don't totally understand that, but I'm I'm kind of like there are larger issues to tackle here if that's Mm -hmm. what you care about. That's how I feel too. Like I have had eating issues, probably will always have eating issues, just like something I'm conscious of. Um, Everyone in my family, all the women in my family all have eating issues, even if they think they don't. They they say things that I think are like, you, we all have problems. Um, and I find other, like, other things way more triggering, like other things people say or like, like Skinny Pop. I hate that name, Skinny Pop. Or Skinny Girl. Sorry, uh, Bethany. Yeah. I hate Skinny Girl. Like, I hate that phrase, skinny or guilt-free, like that stuff. Not that it's triggering yeah. to me. I'm not going to go on a rant. I'm not going to be, like, upset about it. Those are just things that are a little more, like, obvious to me than sugar-free cookies, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I also think about maybe there are people who can't have sugar for whatever reason. Diabetes. Like, if you have diabetes, if you have, like, some other, you know, illness where you're I don't know, like allergic to sugar or, you know, something like that where you can't have sugar or you're, you have like health issues and your doctor tells you you can't have sugar. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not just for people who are worried about their diet. I don't know. Yeah. Poor Froyo place. Poor Froyo place. I hope it's good for them, actually. Actually, like there I said, have been I lines go out there. the door. I wanted to give an update. There have been lines out the door of people going there because I think pretty much everyone, with the exception of maybe like a small minority of people, were defending Demi Lovato. Most people were like, shut up, like, this is annoying. 
Um, and they've been doing fine, so their business was not affected because I think everyone saw this for what it was. I also do think that it was somewhat of a personal attack because they wrote back to her in a, in a DM mm. in response to her Insta story. And they said, we are not diet vultures. We cater to all of our customers' needs for the past 36 years. We are sorry you found this offensive. And then the first, her response to them was, not just that, your service was terrible. So rude. And so I'm like, okay, well, obviously, <laughs> you're not just bothered by the food and whatever you saw in the store. You were like, oh, and they were rude to me too. Like, fuck these guys. So I think that she, like, she wasn't, like, making, like, I don't think, like, her whole, like, crusade was really just about, like, the the sugar-free stuff or whatever they were offering in the store. I think that, like, she went in and then she was like, ugh, and they were rude to me, too. Like, I think then it got more personal and it's like, all right, well, that's not... Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't... The I think... response doesn't match the, the situation. The situation. It's yeah, being... I, so I think that's why I think her her claim that like well i'm standing up for people with eating disorders i don't totally buy that because she's saying oh you're also your service was terrible like that just you're just now you're just like adding on things to the list and it's like all right your original stated goal is not as pure as you claim it to be right that's sort of how i read that i think this situation is a reminder to those with a platform and those without a platform that like Maybe just take a step back and, you know, reflect sure. if this is worth the the fight. Like, sit there and think, is this, like, a small thing that warrants this reaction? To be honest, to me, this is a little overdramatic. It's not a little. It's it's very overdramatic. And for someone with a platform like this, you're, you're causing a stink over something that's not worth causing a stink over, in my opinion. Go after the big fish, not the little fish. Yes. Completely agreed. But yeah, if I lived in LA, I'd be all about the big chill. I'm super want to try it. <laughs> like I said, vegan sugar-free froyo right up my alley. <laughs> we love it. Yeah. Uh, well, that was my hot take as well this week. So I'm going to turn it over to Jen to uh, give us the, the lowdown on what's going on in the celeb universe also. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, two quick hot takes. First, apparently Caitlyn Jenner is running for California governor. LOL. I don't really have thoughts. I'm just like, why? My only thought is no. Yeah. No with a heart. Yeah. <laughs> no, XO. No. She confuses me because she's conservative. And yet I feel like she's obviously transgender, which is not supported widely by conservatives. It just doesn't make sense. And I'm not here for it. I'm not here for I'm it. I'm not here for it. I'm not really. I was here for Caitlyn when she came out and whatnot. She did not handle her breakup from the Kardashian family well. Not that Agreed. the Kardashians don't have problems, but she was pretty shitty in that situation, in my opinion. When like, and it's you her family the, as well. Yeah, you are the father figure of those kids. So if you yeah, have issues you. with how they act, you raised them. So, um <laughs> Yeah, I kind of lost some appreciation for her then, and I don't, I don't need her to run for governor. I really don't. Yeah, I. She's running as a republic. She's a Republican, right? Obviously. Yeah, 
I don't even know. Is she running for the Republican Party? I have no idea what party she's or, running for. I'm not sure. Maybe not the Republican Party. She might be she's independent. Probably, right. Like, yeah, yeah. Because she wouldn't. <laughs> I don't think she yeah. would get the, the She ticket. wouldn't get the Republican nomination. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. absolutely not. I mean, she's definitely more conservative, as Ness yeah. said that, throughout her life. So, but yeah. Um, just want to plus one to what you said, Kira, about her breakup from the family. I mean, that's a whole nother topic, but... Ugly. Not great. Ugly. Um, yeah. And my second hot take is, uh, quote, love is dead. Uh, Zac Efron is single. He and his girlfriend wow. broke up. And just to remind everybody, his girlfriend was a normal person. She was not a celebrity. <laughs> I think she was Small like a waitress girl. at an Australian restaurant or bar or something of that sort. Um, so we're, quote, very sad. But um, a reminder <laughs> that we all low-key have a chance with Zac Efron. And that's all I have to say. Wow. Um, you know, I mean, I guess it's not, you know, people break up all the time and relationships end and whatever. I guess I, I was, I thought maybe that they might make it a little longer because I was like, well, she's just a normal girl. Like he, I think there's an appeal to that for him. Besides, like, her being like, oh, well, this is Zac Efron. Like, who wouldn't want to date Zac Efron? But, you know what I mean? I think there's, like, an, an appeal to dating someone who's not a celebrity and isn't in the spotlight like he is all the time. Yeah. Um, he has kind of, like, fallen off the face of the earth a little bit. Um, I mean, we are all here and still love him. He is forever the teenage heartthrob of our generation. He's not doing a ton of work, but I yes. think. He had that Netflix thing, but, I mean, he's not... He's like not acting, acting a ton. Only yeah. in like the past year. I feel like he's done a lot recently. Like Ted Bundy wasn't that long ago. Yeah. That's true. But then I feel like got a lot of uh, attention when he was first cast. But when it actually came out, I don't feel like I heard about it as much. I watched oh, I feel it. Like I did. I thought it was really, he was really good in that movie. Yeah. I he thought. was the perfect person to be cast in that perfect. role because he has like that charming thing about him. Mm-hmm. Just naturally. It was really, I thought it was good. It was well done. Yeah. He is like super, we were actually talking about him last night because he maybe did some plastic surgery in his face. It's kind of hard to tell. Like I wasn't sure if it was just the angle of the photo. Maybe he was a little bloated that day. I don't know. A little filler. His face looked a little different. Um, And Zach, you don't need to do anything. You look so good. Don't worry about it. I know. Um, So I hope he didn't do anything to his face. But He's so talented in, like, so many different areas. Like, he did Baywatch, but he also did Ted Bundy, and he did uh, Hairspray. Freaking loved Hairspray. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just, like, seventeen dance again? act. 17 again. Um, Wait, I'm just here his face. Y- you see it? I know. He looks like that filter that's been going around. I really Do you know which one I'm talking about? He's with just, the like, big swollen. lips. You know, from what though? From I don't what? Know. Eating I don't salt know. doesn't make you that swollen. Like, I hope it's like the angle or something. Oh, Nakira, it is straight on. The he angle very much is... has fillers. Oh, at least oh in my his lips. god! No, he looks crazy. I'm sorry. He looks. This he looks like that filter that's going around on Instagram that makes your like cheekbones really full and your lips really full. You know, you know the one. We no, all know I know. I know you're Baby, you don't need that. I know. Oh my God. Here's the thing. Like, if there's something that bothers you that you want to fix, go for it. But no one was arguing that Zac Efron was attractive. 
He was like pretty universally accepted as very attractive. <laughs> oh like, yeah. What were you self conscious about, Boo? I miss him. I want him to like return to the the movie scene one day with his unfilled lips and other yeah, he looks like he has filler or something. It's really he got weird. fillers. He got mad fillers. The good he thing got, is those like dissolve. lip injections. Homeboy needs help. That's wild. We're here for you. Stay strong, Zach. We can comfort you. I'm single too. <laughs> He's only five nine. I can look past it. Just in case you're wondering. <laughs> yeah. I'll wear flats for him. It's not a deal breaker. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> it's a deal breaker for most guys, but I can overlook it. Yeah, it's Zach. a deal breaker for most people, but if you're Zach Efron, it's not a deal breaker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, well, hope his swelling goes down. <laughs> yeah. Put some ice on that, BB. Oh, my God. <laughs> if this is, like, his post-breakup move. Mm. I don't. A little odd. <laughs> I feel like... Maybe he did it and then she I mean, obviously that. men get plastic surgery, mm-hmm. but I feel like most men, most people don't turn to plastic surgery. Well, most, then my you brother don't get a haircut. Like, do you know what I mean? Listing all these celebrities who have had plastic surgery. And I was like, how do you know? And he was like, just look at them. They've all like Brad Pitt. He says Brad Pitt had cheek fillers or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I could barely tell. See, I think he's like, diff- all these think- men have done something. Oh. Brad Pitt has to give Zach Efron his plastic surgeon's number because whoever Zach Efron went to Botched. committed Messed a up. crime. Committed yeah. a crime. Absolutely <laughs> is awful. It is a crime. Malpractice suits up the wazoo. That was bad. It was not. It was botched. A crime he against humanity. Be on botched. Bring him to botch. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. I'm not trying to be mean. I just think it's like a very stark difference. So I was very caught off guard. It was. It's. It's dramatic. He doesn't it's dramatic. need it. He, he doesn't need it. Yeah. Um, wow. Anyway, what hot takes this week? Truly wild. Um, the celebrities are out They are working week. so hard some for us. They're resting, they gotta keep and us then some entertained. weeks they just really come out yeah. and play. I think they all met up this week and they were like, guys, we're going to fuck some shit up. Let's do it. They're like, guys, did you listen to last week's episode of Her Take? A little boring. Let's yeah. do something. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, well, I think we're at that point in the program where it's time to discuss our Shiro's this week. So, uh, Jen, why don't you take it away? Um, my Shiro this week is Darnella Frazier, and she is the 17-year-old witness who filmed um, George Floyd's murder. And I feel like most of us have seen this video, and had we not seen it, we have at least heard about it. And I think... Her video really uh, sparked this global movement for racial justice. And, you know, I wonder, had she had not filmed that, what the outcome of the trial would have been. And we've had these there, discussions. I don't think there would have been a trial. Yeah, we've had these discussions where we shouldn't have to have video evidence for people to believe Black people that this is happening. Um at the same time, I think visuals are very powerful. And so for people to see what actually happened um, is very powerful. And to Jackie's point, maybe this trial wouldn't have even happened. We would have never heard about it. Um, but um, in any case, just wanted to give Darnella a shout out because I imagine that it was not only hard for her to witness, um, but also to go through the trial, etc. So um, just want to 
you know, give her a shout out as my Shiro this week. Yeah, I think the whole time that since George Floyd's death last year, I had no idea that the girl who filmed the video was so young. Me neither. I didn't realize it had been a teenager. And I'm just like, that is so incredible that she had the wherewithal to be like, you know what, let me film this. Mm -hmm. This, people need to see this. And I can't imagine the trauma and like what she experienced after. And also I think to an extent, the level of like nervousness of being the one that captured the footage. Do you know what I mean? I think like, um, unfortunately we live in a world where like people who testify or people who are on the jury might face a level of scrutiny or something. And so to be the, the one with feeling that kind of, I don't think it's justified, but she must feel like a level of like a, of, um, like there, there has to be like a burden, I think, involved with that or like a level of like, yeah, vulnerability. Thank you. That comes with being the one who actually filmed it. Um, especially her being a young black teenager. So she's an especially vulnerable person in society. Um, so that just to me is like so so incredible to think about and I think just like really shows like her like perseverance and like her character um and like to testify as well is got to be so hard and so scary also just traumatic to have been there and watched it at such a young age like that's gonna leave some I would have some PTSD I feel like so the fact that she was able to share the video and yeah to testify I think really and the nine-year-old her cousin I believe the nine-year-old is her cousin Uh, The fact that they both testified and are able to speak about it, um, it's definitely, I think that that's very traumatic to witness. I agree. I retweet that, Shira. Yeah. Thank you for sharing, Jen. I think that was uh, an important person to, to share and someone that we haven't discussed and I think needs to be given more recognition and more Mm -hmm. credit for what she's done. Um, all right. So I think unless anyone has any retakes this week, I think it is time to wrap things up. Um, I want to thank you all so much for joining us for this episode. We thank you always for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at her take podcast and on Twitter at her take pod. Um, and so once again, thanks for joining us and we will talk to you soon. Bye guys. Thanks for listening. Get vaccinated. Stay home. Stay safe. Ciao.